Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. So much golf history right in our own backyard, so to speak. At Inwood Country Club, which is in Inwood, New York, which is actually located adjacent to Jamaica Bay and just southeast of JFK International Airport, The club will be celebrating a very special centennial this coming week. And uh, joining us now to talk about it is Dr. Bob Jones, the fourth. He's a sports psychologist. He is the grandson of the great Bobby Jones and the head pro at Inwood Country Club, Kyle Higgins. Good morning, guys. Welcome to Talking Golf. Good morning, Ann. How are you doing? Good. And Dr. Jones, let's start with you. I understand you're coming up from Atlanta, Georgia to uh, take part in the festivities this coming week, right? Yes, ma'am. My wife and I fly up on Friday morning and we are just looking forward to spending the day soaking in a little history and I'm looking forward to playing a little golf at Inwood. Kyle Higgins, the head pro at Inwood Country Club. What does the club have planned in honor of this centennial anniversary? We have an incredible week coming up. Um, we actually have a two-day member event, Friday and Sunday. Uh, but the big celebration is actually going to be on Saturday, uh, where Dr. Jones, um, among other special guests, are going to be joining us from other Bobby Jones-affiliated clubs. Um, we have a, um, an 18-hole event with members and special guests, like I said, um, and also some fun contests during the, during the event. We'll actually have some, some of our members hitting shots from 200 yards out on 18, uh, similar to the famous Bobby Jones shot. Um, and also we'll have a putting contest with using a replica of Calamity Jane and closer to the pin contest using some hickory clubs so our members get a chance to uh, try out the kind of sticks they used in the 1920s, which are a lot harder to hit than the steel shafts today. Um, How fun is that going to be? <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, we shot a little video, which we'll be showing uh, that Saturday night as well, in some 1920s-style uh, clothing, hickory clubs. Um, and we're also doing a gala that evening, um, 1920s dress with uh, guest speakers and some storytelling. So it should be a fantastic event. <laughs> Did you bring your knickers, Dr. Yeah. Jones? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, you know, no, I have not. Um, I, used to, I used to have a few pair, but, uh, but, but I've been running a little low. I have to replenish my stock. <laughs> well, let me just recap, you know, having read up on, you know, Bobby Jones has such an amazing history and we can talk for hours about his career and his life. But he had a three-shot lead going into the final round, ended up with a bogey, bogey, double bogey. He was tied with Bobby Cruikshank, who made birdie on the last hole to force an 18-hole playoff with Jones in that 1923 U.S. Open. The next day, they went into an 18-hole playoff, and Jones and uh, Cruikshank were all square through 17 holes. Then on the 18th, Bobby Jones smacked his 
his drive, and it landed, what, about 218 yards from the green, landed in the right rough, and from there he drilled a two iron to within, what, it was six feet of the pin? Uh, yes, yes, that's exactly right. Now, the, the only thing that's interesting about that is Crookshank had hit the ball into the left rough. He'd hit a hook off the tee in the left rough, and he was left with no other option but to lay up uh, short of the water that guarded the front of the green. And when my grandfather got out to his shot, he saw that even though he had been in the right rough, he was on um, essentially a piece of hard pan, and which actually uh, gave him the opportunity to hit the two iron, but it presented yet just another challenge to the whole thing. And that was if he hit it just even a slightly bit behind the ball, uh, it would have just been death for the shot because there was no margin for error on that shot at all. And where is that infamous two-iron? <laughs> it is uh, in the display case at Augusta National Golf Club, along with all of his other, um, all of his other clubs and, what, and Calamity Jane 1. Calamity <laughs> Jane 2, which was the one that he used to win the Grand Slam, uh, is at the United States Golf Association. And Dr. Jones, talk, tell the story of Calamity Jane Putter because it actually involves another golf course on Long Nassau Island, Country Nassau Club. Country Club. That's correct. Jimmy Maiden, who was the brother of Stuart Maiden, who was my grandfather's teacher, Jimmy was the pro at Nassau Country Club. And when Bub was playing, uh, playing in a tournament, uh, Jimmy noticed that he was using an old center-shafted mallet putter, which was great on the slow Bermuda greens of the south, but dreadful on the fast bent grass greens in, uh, in the north. And so he had found this putter. Allegedly, it had been tossed by a player into a cemetery that was adjoining the golf course. And he thought this blade putter, which had Calamity Jane stamped on the back of it, would be just perfect for my grandfather. And so he gave it, uh, he gave it to him, and Bub played with it until he had hit so many putts that the face became concave. And that's when he had Calamity Jane 2 made. But obviously, Maiden's judgment was correct, and uh, he had found the right putter for the right man. And you, you called your grandfather Bub. You still call him Bub. Talk a little yes, bit sir. about yes, you know, how, how old he was when you, know, you were a kid, and, and did you have a chance, did you have a lot of time to talk to him about his career? We never would talk about golf. Uh, he just refused to do that. And the reason why is because when I was a young man, he was ill with a disease called syringomyelia. It would be the disease that would later take his life when he was 69 years old. And I never knew him when he was not at least on two canes. So he was very present focused. He stayed very, very much in the moment. And as a result of that, uh, he just would not talk about his playing career. He would watch golf on television with my father. And I remember sitting in his little uh, sleeping porch that had been uh, glassed in, watching golf tournaments on TV and listening to him analyze what was, uh, what was going on uh, in the tournaments. But, uh, but in terms of discussing his golf, he just would not do it. Wow, that's interesting. And, and Kyle, what about at Inwood Country Club? Do you have memorabilia there about, you know, from Bobby Jones's win in 1923? Yes, actually, not only do we have pictures of him littered all over the clubhouse, um, 
in uh, various attire, whether he was wearing a tie tucked in or his bow tie or his jacket. Um, so we have pictures of him all over the clubhouse, as well as a replica set in our Wall of Champions, which actually has some old documentation from the club as well. So it's a really cool hall of history. Um, and we, uh, we're really honored that Bobby Jones has such a uh, great history here at Inwood Country Club. Absolutely. Right here in the New York metropolitan area. And, you know, a loyal fan of the show, a lot of times I get people writing in questions. And Rob from Lake Success often writes, uh, he loves golf. And he wanted to know if Bobby Jones was, you know, ever talked about that that two iron, that infamous shot. Is there any, perhaps, record of, of him talking about that shot at Inwood Country Club or anywhere? Yes, he wrote about it. Uh, he wrote about it rather extensively in his uh, autobiography that was published in 1927 um, called Down the Fairway. And he made it absolutely clear that coming into that tournament, uh, he was really at the point of giving up competitive golf because at that point he was considered like what we would call now the best player never to win a major, which uh, it was a title he didn't particularly want. And he, when he came down to the wire there, he really felt as though he was faced with a do-or-die moment that he would either execute that shot and go ahead and win the tournament while he had a chance, or he wouldn't, and that would be that. You know, I find it really fascinating that uh, two of the most pivotal moments that happened in his career, the two inflection points without which there probably never would have, hap- would have been a Grand Slam, happened within uh, about a 20-mile radius uh, of New York City. And, and one of them, of course, was the two-iron shot at Inwood, which, without which he wouldn't have continued. Uh, and the other was the 12-foot putt that he made at Wingfoot to force the playoff with Al Espinosa. So it's really, really amazing just how important uh, the New York area was to his eventual accomplishment of the Grand Slam, and most importantly, what he did with the shot heard round the world at Inwood. Had that not happened, we would not be talking today. Wow, just incredible history right here in New York. That's fascinating, yeah. really fascinating. So he talked a lot about that in his book. Yes, he, well, uh, about the shot at uh, about the shot at um, uh, about the shot at Inwood. Yes, that's in Down the Fairway. He did discuss some of uh, the shot at the putt at uh, Wingfoot in his book Golf Is My Game, which was published in 1960. Right. And then, of course, 1930, the uh, Grand Slam, winning all four major championships in the same calendar year. And back then, it was the Amateur Championship. He won it at St. Andrews. The Open Mm -hmm. Championship, Royal Liverpool. Mm -hmm. The U.S. Open, Interlaken in Minnesota. And the U.S. Am at Marion. And, uh, boy, what an accomplishment. And... Yeah, the stuff of legend, obviously. And but I read where he made a bet on himself. Um, yeah, that's that's a great story. Yeah, tell that story. Not true. That's just not true. Oh, it's not true. Uh, no, really. They they got the wrong Bobby. <laughs> the Bobby. Really. Inter- and interestingly enough, considering that we're talking about Inwood, the person who made the bet on Bub in 1930, and he made it when Bub was in the amateur championship, was actually none other than Bobby Crookshank. Bobby oh, Crookshank bet 
bet something like $50 on Bub that he would win the first three of the four tournaments, and he won $10,500 on that bet. But it was actually, it was, it was a Bobby, but it wasn't Bobby Jones. Oh, it was that's Bobby great. Bobby Crookshank. Thanks for straining so, that out. Another Inwood connection, though. Exactly. It all leads right. back to Inwood, Kyle. Higgins. It all comes back to Inwood. <laughs> that's absolutely correct. I love it. Well, what about, you know, I've seen some great footage of Bobby Jones. There, there's e-footage of him winning his fourth major, um, the, the USAM at Marion Golf Club. That footage is incredible. And the... The spectators, there were so many spectators, and they didn't have crowd control back then, I don't think. (laughs) No, they did not. In fact, when he founded the Masters Tournament, one of the things that he was most insistent on was roping the entire golf course to keep the patrons, uh, 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 as he said, a safe distance away from the competitors. Right, right. Any other fun facts about your grandfather that you'd love? I mean, there's so much to talk about, but anything that we may not know or have read about the great Bobby Jones? No, I think I think we've about covered it at least as far as uh, as far as the U.S. Open of '23. In terms of just my own memories, um, I I just will always recall him uh, as a warm and very caring man, but one who could also be quite stern. Which, uh, when you think about what he accomplished in uh, in his sport, uh, that's not exactly a surprise. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So you got, you had some time to spend with him, but you said he was pretty much in a wheelchair. He had the uh, yes. degenerative spinal disease. But when people asked him if he was ever bitter, Dr. Jones, he always had an interesting reply to that. He did. He would, al- he would always say that, you know, if, and he said this to Al Laney of the International Herald Tribune, a sports writer, he said to Al, he said, you know, Al, he said, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible disease and it's going to get worse. It's never going to get better. But, Al, in golf, we play the ball as it lies. And so now we will never talk about this again. Unbelievable. And one last uh, comment about Bobby Jones. And I know when he was younger, he was said to have had a bad temper. But back then, they didn't have sports psychologists like yourself, right, Dr. Jones? How did he get out of that? Well, I think two things. Uh, number one, he had uh, he had a grandfather of his own who was uh, a little bit tough on stuff like that. But the other thing was he had uh, a person who may as well have been a sports psychologist, and that was a sports writer named O.B. Keeler, who before the, the playoff, he finally looked at my grandfather and he said to him, he looked him right in the eye and he said, Robert, you need to get it through your mind right now that you are the greatest golfer in the world. And when you get that in your head, you're not going to win one tournament. You're going to win a bunch of them. And then, of course, Bub went out to play Crookshank in the playoff, and the rest, as they say, is history. Oh, what great stories. Kyle Higgins, I'm sure it's been fun for you to kind of delve into all this history. Did you learn anything about Bobby Jones recently that you didn't know? You know, I've, I've been following up on his career for quite a while, so everything Dr. Jones has said is, um, things I've read or, or some uh, additional anecdotes that I haven't. But um, not anything in particular other than the fact that the Calamity Jane story, which I didn't know about the, uh, the cemetery part of that story, which is pretty interesting. Um, it's, it, Bobby Jones has a lot of history here. Um, we're incredibly honored and excited to, to be hosting this gala um, and hosting such a great celebration and have, have such incredible guests like Dr. Jones joining us. 
um, it's really going to be a wonderful week and, uh, and weekend. And um, I thank you for, uh, for allowing me the opportunity to chat with you today. Hey, have a great week. It's so exciting. Thank you so much for coming on this show. Dr. Jones and Kyle Higgins. Wow. Bobby Jones. Again, we could talk about him for hours, but uh, thanks for sharing your insight this morning. Thanks very Thank much. Thank you, Ann. Thanks for Thanks so much. Safe travels, Dr. Jones, up to uh, New York and Inwood Country Club. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.